0: The Nail in the Coffin.
1: It's episode number ninety three of The Nail of the Coffin. Tom and Travis recording on Wednesday night. And uh, as Joe Tate always used to say, it's basketball time in Cleveland. Trev, the uh, Cavs kicked off the NBA season last night, got a win over the Celtics. Um, you know, we got some familiar faces LeBron, obviously, Kevin Love, and uh, Tristan Thompson. We saw him and uh, JR, and I guess uh, kind of a limited role, and we'll get more into that. But. Uh, big thing I felt like, take away from last night, it uh, was a very different vibe from what we've gotten used to in the past couple years with the Cavs.
2: Yeah, very different looking team. Um, you Starting Derek Rose and uh, Dwayne Wade, I think that's that's probably something we need to get used to. Um, I think they shot 22 threes yesterday, which I'm not sure. W- I, I have to guess that would be pretty close to if not the fewest they took in a game last year. Um, I'd have to go back and check for sure, but uh, it, it, they don't have the firepower or the spacing they once had, so this is going to be a very different-looking team, I think, and that was pretty apparent right away.
1: All right, so you just said that we need to get used to seeing the backcourt of Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, that's
2: weird, isn't it? I, I don't God, want, to I hope not. I want to get used to, but. Because
1: that, I, I don't, I mean, it's a fool's error to take too much from one game especially when you got so many guys that aren't used to playing with each other. But nothing that happened last night in that game did anything to soothe any of my concerns that I had going into the season, especially when I found out that that was the backcourt that they were going to roll with to start games. And I know a lot of it, you know, you hear, oh, it's not always who starts, it's who finishes. Well, that was the backcourt that pretty much finished the game. Um, I know they brought in Shumpert in the final minute there when they had the four point lead, and he immediately fouled somebody before the ball was inbounded. So uh,
2: yeah, rough, rough opening day for Shump.
1: My concerns about his basketball IQ again not 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 smoothed over at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I don't know. I I, I can kind of get the I, I'm. I tend to give people that I I really like the benefit of the doubt probably more than I should, and that goes beyond sports um, to just life in general, and I'm generally a pretty big Ty Lue fan, so I'm going to kind of chalk this up for now as process of elimination in terms of, like, figuring out, okay, these five-man uh, lineups I can cross off for when the games start really mattering because like I know last night you got the Celtics in Kyrie Irving's making his only trip into Cleveland for the season during the regular season the Celtics don't come back at all um so from that respect I mean it's opening night it's kind of a big game but at the end of the day it's it's a basketball game in October um so you're you're not necessarily putting out all the fine china uh to to start the season here um but uh I just, I've personally, kind of felt like it makes so much more sense to be running with a backcourt of either uh, Dwayne Wade and Jr. Smith, or um, basically any combination that and doesn't involve Derrick Rose starting at point guard.
2: All right. So if you start, um, if you start Wade and Jr. Is LeBron your point guard?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he is. And it doesn't bother me because I think we're kind of in an era now of positionless basketball and, you know, traditional roles um, don't necessarily apply. And even with the Cavs in the past couple of years, I mean, Kyrie Irving was a point guard in name, but I mean, he didn't play like a traditional point guard in the way that, you know, we were groomed on the position coming up through uh, rec leagues when we were little. I mean, he's a, you know, score first type of guy. And Um, LeBron was often the facilitator, and I think he's going to kind of have that role again this year. Um, Certainly racked up plenty of assists last night. Um, But just from a spacing issue, just, you know, Dwyane Wade and and Derrick Rose both are guys that are going to slash to the rim. They're not going to be particularly adept at shooting from the outside. And it's really just in general, if that's the kind of backcourt, that's the lineup that you want to play, it's going to radically change. What the Cavs look like in, in the system that they've played. I mean, you even said it. I mean, how few of three pointers it took. I think they only made five all night. Um, and you know, your best three point shooters in that starting five, I think, are probably LeBron and and Jay Crowder. And
2: you know, I think Love might be on there.
1: Okay. But, I mean, he's your center. So, (laughs) Kevin Kevin Love, I don't think – when you don't have Tristan Thompson out there with him, I don't think Kevin Love can be um, camping out on the the arc a whole lot. So, um, it's going to really – I mean, you move him to center, it's going to kind of change his role.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think in general, if you look at who's going to get a lot of the minutes, if you were to, you know, start ranking, who's going to get the most minutes this year – it doesn't look like a team that's going to shoot a shoot, you know, a whole lot behind the arc. And we've seen how much the league has changed over the last few years and and that was, you know, the Cavs bread and butter last year. That was that was sort of what they were built around and to sort of, you know, they almost rebuilt if you if you think about it. They sound really they sound and look really deep, but like you said, it's it's a major departure from what what we've seen out of the Cavs over the last three years. So that's going to be something I think that uh, takes some getting used to. And I honestly think there's going to be a lot of really infuriating, ugly basketball for uh, a lot of the season at times. Not necessarily for whole games, but you're going to see some spurts where you're just like ripping your hair out.
1: I think the Cavs benefited quite a bit from seeing Boston last night. I mean, I know that we expect the Celtics, um, you know, I, I think they were a team that came in with a lot of hype and obviously they're projections for the rest of this year are going to change with and the Gordon Hayward injury and 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 that whole awful scene last night uh, you know best wishes to him for a, a quick and full recovery um but I mean that's another team that going into last night had basically turned over you know more than half their roster and I think they were dealing with a lot of the same unfamiliarity issues so um you know, I think when the Cavs, if they see any sort of well-oiled machines here in the first half of the season you know' those teams that have the continuity and uh you know have it basically blown up uh four or five of their uh rotation guys and uh you know 60 percent of their starting lineup um that that those opponents are gonna have an inherent advantage I'll tell you the biggest thing that surprised me last night Tristan Thompson only getting 19 minutes. I mean, I knew with him not starting that uh, he would probably not be putting up quite as many minutes as what we are used to from him. And I actually think in the long run, this could really help him. But uh, because, I mean, we saw last year down the stretch, it certainly seemed like he was racking up some miles and wearing down a little bit. And he actually finally missed some games toward the end of the season. Um, You know, this could be a good thing to help keep him fresh for the year. But even still, only 19 minutes in a game like that, I was really surprised.
2: Yeah, it might be it. It'll be good from a freshness standpoint, but I think it'll be problematic from a um, like getting used to his new role. Obviously, he's gonna. It's a big. This is gonna be a big change for him. I think is in relation to what he's used to over the last few years. So I think. And I think he's one of those guys that he kind of admitted it, or I'm not sure if he admitted it or we heard about it or what, but he wasn't exactly um, embracing his new role uh, as a bench guy. Uh, we heard the same thing with JR. So I, I I don't know. I feel like you need to find instances to get him in there and sort of force the issue to get him used to playing that role. But um, – I don't know. I think this is going to be one of those seasons where Tyloo earns earns check finally. Um, there's going to, there's going to be a lot more figuring out who they are, I think than maybe we have in the past.
1: Look, let me ask you this. Does it concern you to see this much roster turnover? I mean, I understand. That. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, let, let, let's be clear. A huge part of that was the Cavs having their hand forced by Kyrie demanding a trade and, getting multiple pieces back that are going to end up being, you know, rotation guys once Isaiah is into the uh, the lineup and I would fully expect him to be starting, assuming that uh, he doesn't have any sort of setbacks with his injury. Um, once he plays, I mean, you got to assume he's going to, he's going to move into the starting point guard spot and that's going to be a huge adjustment again. But yeah, I mean, it's, you looked at last night, I mean, Derek Rose, Dwayne Wade, Jeff Green, um, Crowder, I mean, that that's that's half your, your top eight, and those are, I mean, the Cavs had a team that's been in the finals three straight years, and they've replaced three starters and and half their
2: rotation. Yeah, I think on paper, you know, it looks like a team with a whole bunch of depth, but um, it's also a team that, you know, you kind of got to scrap what you're used to being and sort of redefine who you are and what you're going to do. um so yeah obviously it concerns me a lot there's gonna be a lot of chemistry um things that need to be sorted out early on and uh, like i said i think probably for a lot of this season um there's gonna be times where we just we look at it and we're like god what is this damn team like they're they suck (laughs) i think you're gonna see a lot of that and i'm not saying that to be negative i just think There's going to be a lot of growing pains, probably way more than we were even thinking when, you know, when LeBron came back the first time, that first season, there was a lot of bumps along the way. Um, When, like, JR and them came in, there was a lot of bumps then. I think this could be the biggest learning curve that we've seen in the last few years.
1: All right, so it concerns you. You said that we have, you know, this much roster turnover and this many new pieces to integrate. Does it concern you even more? knowing that uh, uh, the King himself here is going to be a free agent to uh, come next summer?
2: Honestly, not really. Um, I think I'm sort of, at least it's as easy to say right now, but I think I'm sort of at peace with whatever happens then. Um, he came and did his thing. He, he did what he delivered what he, what, you know, what he said he was going to try and do. Um, beyond that, I don't. Even, I, it's hard to really wish too much ill will against the guy anymore. Um, I personally am of the belief that he's not going to leave again. But if he did, and this is easy to say, like I said, who knows what happens? But um, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna come on here like I would have uh, eight years ago, <laughs> and, and and go on a tirade. Um, eight years ago was ugly. I think at this point I'll I'll, I'll sort of wish him well and and go on our merry way, try to figure out, salvage, you know, whatever we're going to with the team that we have left. Because a lot of the guys that we have now wouldn't even be here. I think after this year, we're not going to have Wade or Rose, you know, unless, you know, LeBron stays and we win a title and those guys want to keep doing it. But if LeBron leaves, all of a sudden, you know, a, a bunch of these guys are gone and we're looking at a very different team, probably building around whoever that Nets pick is.
1: That's what I was going to say. I I think, I mean, the the LeBron thing, I'm with you in kind of making peace with whatever he wants to do. I think um, winning that title in 2016 just changes so much, and it it continues to change so much about our outlook um, on life as Cavs fans, I guess, but, um, you know, the thing is, I, I, I keep coming back to this, and I think this is kind of a theme I've touched on in past episodes that um, I think people in Cleveland in general are in a much better place than they might have been uh, anxiety wise and on a, any sort of a stress meter uh, regarding LeBron uh, compared to the last time. But, um, you know, you can already see uh, media outside of Cleveland. They have a there is a vested interest and I, and I don't think it's just the, me putting my Cleveland glasses on. Saying this, But there's a vested interest in in selling the idea of him playing somewhere else next year. And much like you had said that we're going to have to kind of get used to the idea there's going to be some really unwatchable nights, you know, trying to work out the kinks with all these new guys. I think, you know, we're also going to have to brace ourselves for the fact that every time something goes wayward this year, those rumors and and all that speculation and everything else that goes with it is going to kick up again. And I think a large reason for that is, you know, again, something I've I've talked about before, just the fact that, you know, even with last night's, uh, late game with Golden State kicking that game away against uh, the Rockets, um, it's going to take something seriously unforeseen to not end up with Cavs Warriors four next June. Um, Cavs are still the heavy favorites in the East and the Warriors obviously the same thing in the West and you know you just kind of get to that point like how many different ways could you write the same story and you need to be able to sell the league you need to be able to especially sell the league in 28 other markets and um, LeBron selling the idea that LeBron could be playing elsewhere especially in a glamour market like LA um, that sells and it's frustrating for us here but I think it's one of those things that we just have to brace ourselves for and, you know, block out the noise.
2: Yeah, Barkley actually said it the other day. He said his, he's dreading having to spend the next seven months pretending it's not guaranteed Bulls-Warriors-Cavs right. finals again. And he's 100% right. It's, um, and I don't know that there's really that much. I guess that's, that's the thing. Do you really need to do it? Because are there... Are there people that actually believe you when you say it? I don't know if anyone thinks that there might be a handful of Rockets fans out there with some false hope or I, Thunder fans who are thinking maybe this team is.
1: Maybe
2: I I mean, it, they're going to turn the corner, but at I the risk of themselves.
1: at the risk of going down a road that I really don't want to go down and don't want to get into it. Um, I think the election last November taught us there's an awful lot of value in telling people what they want to hear versus what's the truth. Um, So if you tell people that, hey, Lakers fan, LeBron's going to be coming to your team next year, he might be, but nobody knows that right now.
2: I don't even know that LeBron knows it.
1: I don't think he does. I think it's one
2: of those things he really is just going to see what the landscape looks like see everything looks at the end of the season and and do whatever's best for him at that point. And he's earned he
1: the, he's earned the right to do that. Yeah, uh, but the thing it like getting back to my point though is like if you're a Lakers fan and your team's been in the shitter for how many years now and all of a sudden somebody puts a headline on espn.com saying, "Hey, LeBron's i in uh, you know, schools in in the, you know, suburbs of Los Angeles." And, uh, you know, LeBron's doing this and that uh, out in in Southern California. Um, That's going to pique your interest. That's going to draw clicks. And it sucks, but that kind of (laughs) works. So, I don't know. It's just kind of my own, the the extra grind I have. But, I mean, it is what it is.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I suppose that's valid. I think think if you're a fan of a certain team, that's something you're going to look into this year. Or you're gonna think about during the season is what things look like at the end of the season, but how many? If you're a fan of, if, you know, if you're just a general NBA fan and you're reading general NBA coverage, and someone tells you, "Hey, here's a list of, I don't know, eight teams that could make the finals," you're not even. I don't. Are you even taking that guy seriously? Because you know it's gonna be the Warriors and you know it's gonna be the Cavs, barring any, you know. Injuries or anything. Obviously, if LeBron gets hurt, that changes things completely. If a Curry or Durant gets hurt, that changes things drastically. Um, Draymond Green got hurt yesterday. I, I didn't see any updates. I imagine because I didn't see any updates that there's nothing major. But um, obviously, things can change with injuries. But barring anything like that, we know the result. Right. So what? So so why? why fake it all season like there's a bunch of other teams that have a chance
1: never underestimate the power of playing on people's emotions (laughs) yeah yeah. that's the only thing i I can tell you it's it i suppose so
2: it it, it's
1: it it's crazy but um it works
2: (laughs) yeah i guess um (sighs) side note that just popped in my head um nike's got to do something about these jerseys already right
1: Yes, because we obviously saw I mean LeBron is their uh number one endorser and it was the first game that he's playing on national TV in their uniforms and on a very innocuous play has a giant rip down the back of his jersey in the fourth quarter.
2: And um, it wasn't it wasn't totally unforeseen. I don't remember who it was. I think it was someone for the Lakers or yeah. something during the preseason who had the same same type of thing happen. So they kind of need to get on top of this like yesterday
1: yeah the, the whole uh, upset... i don't know what
2: you can do at this point but no
1: the, the 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 ship seems to have sailed for this year um but uh yeah that that's a bit of a problem um
2: yeah i i would think that's something that i'm not even sure you can C- can you really go through this season with this as a continuous issue which it appears like it could be
1: yeah, I mean that's the thing. It wasn't like some freak play that LeBron got his jersey torn I mean, the guy grabbed his jersey a little bit, yeah. and and LeBron it moved, and
2: it happens every game.
1: Right, right. So yeah, that if they don't do something with that. That uh, that that's going to be a recurring issue this year, and it, it could not have for Nike. That could not have happened to a, a worse guy. I mean that that right. I mean let's not forget LeBron was the guy that was uh, tearing the sleeves. Uh, The first time he had to wear those for a a Cavs game a couple seasons ago when they were wearing the Adidas uniforms, and I'm sure there were some Nike people high-fiving behind the scenes about that, and then the Cavs went ahead and won a championship in them, and um, now uh, their signature athlete's having his... His uniform with their their, mon- or their logo on it, uh, all of a sudden tearing down the back. It's that's a rough rough start, but uh.
2: yeah. The funny thing is, if it was, I think if it was an Adidas uniform, Nike would have had a hell of a commercial on their hands. Like, look at how badass LeBron is. His jersey rips, and he just keeps going, and blah blah blah, and all this shit. Obviously, they can't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like watching. It. It's like Nike's on their big stage. They finally have the NBA deal, and like. it's it's almost like the worst case scenario for him
1: yeah yeah i mean
2: obviously it's kind of it'll be kind of an afterthought most folks probably aren't even talking about it today anymore but it was just one of those things that kind of like struck me as you know a pretty bad look for for a company who quite frankly seems to have a reputation as the as the one who makes things the best as opposed to you know, I feel like they've sort of built themselves up, especially, and I'm, you and I in general are kind of uniform guys, but um, college football, I think, is where you see it the most. The Nike uniforms always look the best, and the Adidas uniforms and the Under Armour uniforms always look like the cheap, shitty ones. Well, that doesn't appear to be the case, at least not with these NBA ones.
1: Under Armour, I think, in college football is closing the gap when they work with schools that want to be really traditional they actually tend to do some decent stuff like ucla's look pretty good and uh there's a couple others but uh yeah adidas and i say this is my my alma mater is in adidas school now it um it's not great
2: so need to go back to russell
1: <laughs> we do and uh i wish russell wasn't uh, getting out of the game because um they're uh, they're moving out of that business entirely but that that's a whole separate thing but uh yeah, you know, just you, you start getting into all that stuff. I mean, um, really, a, a just a different look and vibe. I mean, the Cavs have a new PA announcer this year. The court has got a new logo at the uh, at center at the center court there.
2: Yeah, the PA guy just did the same thing though. I Pretty mean, he, much. Did, he said it differently, but it was like the same script. That's fine. I've... I don't think that's fine. No, no, come up with something new. Here's my. Thing. I mean, you're not. It's like it's like it's a cover. What do you? Come on, I you can't come up with something new. I'm sure. Yeah, it all it, all off season.
1: He he. Well, you know he. And he
2: just comes with. Are you ready again?
1: I I could be wrong. Um, I mean, Ahmad is still doing the uh, the.
2: Ahmad still does the player intros. Yeah. Yes,
1: but uh, the actual uh you know game information while the game is going on, baskets, fouls, and all that. Yeah, that, that's the new guy. Um, there's a lot of bad PA announcers in the NBA. And um, if you kind of listen to that in the background when you're watching games when the Cavs are played on the road this year, or if you're just flipping around League Pass this week while it's on uh, free preview mode. Um, so if, if you've got a guy that's going to kind of play it straight, especially as he's just kind of getting comfortable with the NBA, I think the, the Cavs' new guy used to... Uh, work for the Canton Charge. So they basically just promoted him up from Canton, which I actually think is kind of cool. Ernest eh, cool. Stripes. I'm good with that. Um, All right, I'm good with that. But uh, in a league with a lot of guys that are really cheesy and awful and, and just really bad shtick, if if you've got a PA announcer that's just going to like do the job and and not turn into a clown show, uh, I, I'll err on that side every time.
2: Yeah, okay. I guess <laughs> if you want to play it safe, I'm fine with it. Yes, yeah. but I feel like he could have written something new, had his own he his will. Own thing. Yeah. It's not that hard. It was the first, first night <laughs> of the job, man. It, you're, it, you're you're tough. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's not really. He had all preseason. He could have practiced during the preseason. He didn't.
1: He he did not. He he uh, you got did the, the just last get called up. Last night was his first game. Yeah, they. It was. It this was. This is the other funny thing. So like the Cavs had a lot of home preseason games, and. They had the uh, the Browns PA announcer doing all the preseason games as like a temporary fill-in, and I, I see all these people on Twitter like why's the Browns PA announcer? And what everybody seems to forget is he was the Cavs PA announcer for about ten years, um, before uh, uh, Gilbert showed up, and then as soon as Dan Gilbert came in, he. Uh, they overhauled all their games ops and, and everything else, and uh included getting a new PA announcer. So.
2: No kidding. Yeah. I did not
1: know that. <laughs> so, yeah, the the, 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 the quote-unquote you know, brown no. PA there. guy is uh, actually the old Cavs PA guy, uh, just uh, doing fill-in work, but uh, he's done now.
2: No kidding. Huh. He can go back to all the
1: right. factory of sadness.
2: Yeah, no kidding. What a demotion that is. <laughs> Like the only, it's like the only place in the world we're getting bumped to the NFL is a huge downgrade.
1: Oh, and make no mistake about it, it is.
2: Oh, no question. (laughs) But uh, let's see, what else we got from last night?
1: Boy, I don't even, uh, I don't know. Um, Can I I be honest? Yeah.
2: Like, I'm still bummed about the Tribe. I yeah. watched the game last night, and it was fun at the end. And I was like, all right, but it's still a bummer. <laughs> I know I'm a grown-up who should be used to this and should you know, be over it by now, but uh, fucking Yankees are going to probably win this series again. Um, it's going to be the most obnoxious series in history, L.A. versus New York. Um, I've watched very little. Quite frankly, of of either series at this point, i have just kind of checked scores in passing. But, ugh.
1: I've yeah, I will admit I've watched very little of the baseball playoffs. And when they first announced that the NBA season was starting two weeks earlier this year, so that they could, um, or one I don't know, one week or two weeks earlier than than past years, I I I understood why they were doing it, trying to cut down on the back to backs of the four games and five nights, and and all of that. Um. But, you know, thinking along the lines of, like, that's going to overlap more with the baseball playoffs, I don't know how great that's going to be. Given the way the Indians ended, Cavs could not have started in a more perfect time for me. I yeah, very I guess, much was ready to turn the page night like, get into basketball mode.
2: Yeah, from that standpoint, there was a point, like, I want to say it was, yeah, Monday. Um, Like, I woke up and I'm driving into work, I'm like, God damn the Indians for forcing me to have to talk about the fucking Browns. (laughs) Like, Cavs haven't started yet. I got two days where all we have to talk about is the Browns. And that's just, that's a punishment nobody deserves. No.
1: No. uh, Well, thankfully, we've, we've managed to somehow avoid talking too much about the Browns
2: we have cuz we don't care. <laughs> it's not it's not difficult. I'll be honest, um, like
1: this past Sunday, I was uh, on Sunday afternoon, I was at a uh a kid's birthday party and um it was at uh a center that did not have any TVs on. So I I think I may have seen two plays before I had to leave to to go to the party and it was me and you know a lot of other families you know my my family a lot of other families a lot of other dads there and a couple of us like checked our phones a couple of times just to like see the score and kind of point and laugh and shake our heads but other than that nobody cared and can you blame them no no you can't but not
2: at all like i was i was driving back from columbus my wife was sleeping in the back seat um i was i listened to the game Cause you know I'm driving for two hours, why not? Um, so I had it on the radio, but quite frankly, I I got home and I think it was probably about halftime when I got home. I had no inclination to actually watch the game.
1: No, no I sat I,
2: down and I'm like, now nah, watch something else. I'm good. You, you I talk don't, about I don't care at all.
1: Listening on the radio, I <laughs> I was um, I was driving around doing some errands actually the week before. Um, well, no, that, that previous Sunday when they were playing the Jets, um, we had had family over for, um, my daughter's birthday and, um, I had to like, you know, run and pick up a couple of things before everybody started coming over later in the afternoon. And just listening to Jim Donovan call the Browns, um, God bless that guy. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how he does it at this point. Like when they had the, the back-to-back red zone turnovers, um I, that poor guy I, I keep him away from sharp objects I, i've never heard somebody just sound so just resigned to another day of misery and it i just i felt so bad for him
2: yeah and <laughs> even he like sounds like defeated at this point like he's not even trying to shine the turd anymore it's <laughs> he's he's pretty straightforward like you're watching a bunch of shit
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, it was like, well, all right, so the Browns are uh, inside the five here. Well, you know, well within field goal range now well, at least. And he was kind of like idea. half joking about it the very next play. Like they they six, run an, an option and, uh, you know, fumble the ball away. And he just had like the whatever the radio friendly equivalent of you've got to be shitting me uh, is uh, that that was, I think, the next thing that came out of his mouth. But um,
2: yeah, they're a fucking they're a fucking disaster.
1: Oh. It's sad. Um, I don't even know what to say. And thank God that uh, that that we can avoid um, talking about them, I guess. Yeah. Um, next week, I, I do think we need to dive back into the Buckeyes. I will admit I've not watched nearly as much college football this year as I normally would like to. Just had a lot of stuff going on on the weekends. But uh, Buckos have got a big game next week, right?
2: Uh, they do. They're off this week. Um, they get sort of the Big Ten kind of returned the favor to the Buckeyes this year. Last year, as you'll remember, they played Wisconsin and Penn State on the road at night, back to back weeks against two teams like Wisconsin came off a bye and then Penn State came off a bye this year. Um, Ohio State gets Penn State at home after um, the Bucks are off this weekend. Penn state as their big game against Michigan this weekend. So the, f- the schedule obviously favors Ohio state this time around. Um, and that's all for all intents and purposes. That could very well be the, you know, the game for the big 10 East. Um, Michigan has looked incredibly mediocre the last couple weeks. Uh, they lost to Michigan state scraped out a win against Indiana in overtime last week. um, so I don't know that people are really worried about that. It's funny. My favorite graphic of the week is the fact that, uh, through, I don't know, 30 some games, Harbaugh has got the same record. Brady Hoke had, um, Oh no, and Brady Hoke has, uh, had two wins against rivals while Harbaugh only has his one Michigan state win. Um, so all the, uh, all the shine on, on Harbaugh, while it, it may still be there to Michigan's, uh, Michigan fans, it, it isn't really there in the results, so. Uh, but yeah, Penn State's going to be the game this year, and that's next week. So yeah, we can d- jump into that a little bit more. Obviously, with Ohio State being off this week, won't be much to review on that front. But we can dive into what the home stretch of the season looks like.
1: All right. So while we're on the subject of Ohio State, you know, a few minutes ago we were talking about uniforms and how the different oh, manufacturers do things uh, a little bit more outlandish in college. Your reaction there, I assume, you did see what Ohio State's wearing for that game next week?
2: I hate it. Hate it. Yes, an all-gray number. Uh, How
1: is that legal?
2: I mean, I look at it. I think it's hard to read the numbers. That's that's my um, point. Like
1: I, I've seen teams that have had like uniform numbers that are basically the same color as the jersey, and they get in trouble with the NCAA cause there's not enough contrast or whatever. And I yeah, don't know but, how those would pass any sort of test like that.
2: Yeah. I'm not totally sure. I assume that before they go and mass produce them, that they get them approved um, for use, but I don't know that maybe not. I, I don't like the design of the Jersey in general. Um, I would like to see if, you know, it had what it would look like if it had like a red number or something like that to make it, pop a little bit yeah um, I think I probably still would not end up liking it because in general I I tend to not really care for most of the, the the alternate uniforms but this one I think is far and away the worst so far
1: it's it's contrived the, yeah the, whatever the yeah, the furry that's... numbers are or whatever it, it just is very un-ohio-state like
2: yeah and and they've done I mean they've done some pretty pretty out there designs in the past um I i I wasn't crazy about the all I liked the all- black uniform I did not like the helmet um some of the throwback you know inspired ones they've done have you know kind of worn at me but it was, it was sort of like that's ah, for one game what do I care um the I don't cannonball want
1: helmets against Michigan last year I was not a fan of either
2: uh I kind of like those
0: oh those' have actually
2: grown on me I didn't love them at first but they've kind of grown on me um, I do think for Michigan you need to just go your classic uniform. Um, from that standpoint, I think that's the game where uh, I honestly think Ohio State's standard helmet is perfect, so I don't think it needs to be messed with. And I think against Michigan, your last game of the season, you need to make sure that that perfect helmet is on display. Um, but as as it stands by itself, I I didn't hate that helmet.
1: Have you heard the, the Fox Sports commercial about Ohio State's helmet? Every time they want to plug that they've got a Buckeye game coming up.
2: Yeah, my favorite thing about it is they think that Ohio State has this guy sitting in a dingy basement smacking each sticker.
1: Oh, it's completely it. over the top. But the the <laughs> the line that they have at the beginning of that, you know why they don't have a logo on their helmet? Because they'd rather wear your misery? That's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, with fucking Doug Stamper in the background. <laughs> Piping in, yeah, th- th- I've seen some of those. I don't remember who it was. I th- it might have been Lay Maurice. Someone did a pretty funny, um, like rundown because they did one of those commercials for every team, and it was like, how much, uh, like, how much does this commercial talk about death or something? Like it was, it was <laughs> like he had like a death meter for ranking each of the commercials. It was pretty funny. I'd have to go back and find it, but. Um, the first time I saw it, it was like the beginning of the season. So I'm like, okay, uh, this is pretty funny. Like, it's it's kind of intense. It's cool. I like it. And the more I watch it, it's just like, uh, it's like, what? it. They show this old guy just sitting at like a workbench, like a dark basement. And he's punching it every time he puts one on there. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's the headline. I found it. Uh, Fox's Big Ten football team promos ranked by how murdery they are. <laughs> I'd have to imagine it was labories. It it's pretty funny. I'll post it on the page. It's okay, please do. Um, but no, I do like that. I do like that commercial in general. I think it's a pretty good one. Um,
1: what the hell do you even say for a program like Rutgers?
2: No, that's the, that's the funny thing. Like um, he he gives each one a murder index. Uh, for for the Maryland one, he says. Your flag is so ugly, it makes opponents throw up. <laughs> so it's it's actually a pretty funny piece. I'll, I'm not gonna read them all to you, obviously, but uh, if you're listening, go check out the Facebook page. It's a uh, it's a pretty funny little little summary of these commercials, and I'm I'm sure most of you have probably only seen the Ohio State one at this point too. So
1: yeah, I I just assumed that they had made them for all the other schools, but I hadn't seen any of them yet. So uh, I I will definitely look forward to checking that out. Facebook.com slash The Nail Podcast. So, go yeah. give us a like while you're there.
2: There it is. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. Anything else you want to cover this week?
2: I don't know, man. I don't really care about baseball playoffs. I don't really care about NFL at all at the moment. Ohio State's off this week. We'll talk about them more next week. Cavs have played one game, I think, and, and I think it was probably a little over analyzed in my opinion, into what the uh, what that one game actually means because, let's be honest, we both know in the grand scheme it doesn't mean anything. Um, so, no, I'm good. I know I just ran out a whole bunch of stuff to say no, but <laughs> that's where I'm at.
1: Oh. Only other thing I was going to say, I, I doubt unless something crazy happens and calls for an emergency podcast in the next couple days that uh, Sunday marks two years since we started this and did our first episode so oh, this nice. is this is going to be the last episode of year two and uh i just i thought that was pretty cool um
2: happy so, birthday to us that's right that's right you, know,
1: you got into this thing uh back in 2015 i i had no idea what we were signing up for and and how long we would stick with it but we're closing in on 100 episodes and um you know got a, a nice uh, group of subscribers um on uh, iTunes and Google and Stitcher and all those other things that our podcast is on and, you know, kind of checking those numbers periodically. It's always fun to see us making the steady climb and just kind of, you know, it, it never gets old for me when, you know, just hanging out with friends and somebody brings up something that I said on the podcast and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, cool, people are actually listening out there. It's uh, it's fun to get those reminders and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun and uh look forward to, to keeping it rolling here.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I don't think it's a coincidence that um, in the two years we've been doing it, uh, three times we've made it to the finals um, of the respective sports. That's right. Including one championship.
1: We could not have uh, picked a better time to start um, no, fr- from absolutely. A, fr- a Cleveland sports perspective there. At, um,
2: Can you imagine how depressing this podcast would have been had we started in like, I don't know, 2013? Oh dear never God! Would, never would have made it. Never no, would, I mean, never
1: would have made it. <laughs> no, tw- tw- and that that year especially, because like you got the brief taste of a uh, fun with the Indians, only to just have it completely snuffed out in a one-game wild card. Um, but like you start thinking about those years before, um, just the immediate post-LeBron years. I mean, the uh-huh. Browns were every bit as bad as they are now. Um, yeah, the Cavs obviously well, maybe not
2: quite as bad, but still terrible.
1: It's all awful. I mean, it's just varying degrees of awful. At that point, you're splitting hairs, I guess. But I mean, the Indians, the Indians were going were nowhere bad. in the Cavs many Acta years, and um, yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I don't know. We, we we picked a good time to jump on, and uh, hopefully, uh, been our, fun. Been yeah. fun.
2: Keep up the good keep up the good work.
1: I'll say this too, and and this is something I I think you and I have talked about. I don't remember if it's been on here or just chatting outside of the podcast but um it's kind of changed the way i i follow our teams and just the way i think about sports um you know i'm always thinking now like oh that would be a fun thing to talk about on the podcast and it's just or or you know what do i think about this and um just kind of formulating opinions that i know we could end up bullshitting about on here for an hour once a week or so and um it's cool
2: yeah yeah 100 and i like every once in a while you know most of it's obviously people that we know um but our friends and family and stuff out there i like bullshitting with them when they've just listened to it and getting their input and you know talking to them about the same stuff that we talk about i think it's uh it's fun it's been a good time
1: definitely so everybody that's checked us out i know there's uh a million podcasts you can listen to um one radio station in town will even charge you eight fifty um, a month for the privilege of listening to theirs. Well, we're or not $85 going
2: five dollars a year. Oh,
1: you can't beat that
2: with a stick. Yeah, savings. <laughs> it's called savings. Well, no,
1: there, there, there's a lot of awesome stuff out there, and, and a lot of different things and and different choices you can make in terms of what you're listening to. And um, if you've been sticking with us, whether you picked up our show in the last few months or so, or you've been with us since day one, um, thanks a lot for listening. It's been a lot of fun and and we're going to keep it going. And uh, we hope you'll stick with us and don't be afraid to tell your friends to to, uh, check us out. We're uh, on the nailpodcast.com and uh, iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher um, and all the other uh, podcast listening apps you would ever use, which by the way, I've heard I've not updated my phone to iOS eleven, but I've just heard the new podcast listening app on there is absolutely horrendous. So um, those alternative uh, podcast apps uh, might be more uh, viable than they were a couple months ago.
2: Yeah, and it kills your battery. Don't do it, people. If you haven't done it yet, hold off.
1: There you go, sage advice from uh, from Trav. So uh, I think that'll do it for us for this week. So sounds uh, good. All right. Well, we got. Uh, few more Cavs games that we'll uh, probably be able to talk about obviously the Buckeyes and college football next week um be a lot of fun so for Travis Hewley, I'm Tom Valentino it's been the nail in the coffin and we will talk to you again in year three
0: hey there and welcome to the valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, Go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos!